the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations for 820AM The Word. I have a special guest with me today. His name is Derek Lane. He's the pastor at Maranatha and Lighthouse Churches here in Seattle. Derek, welcome to Heart of the City. Oh, welcome. Good to be here with you, Chuck. <laughs> well, you and I have just had the opportunity to uh, get acquainted with each other. Yes. And uh, I'd love to hear your story. As as I shared with you at the beginning, uh, the, the, uh, the, the meaning or the, the premise of this program is that we uh, interview pastors and ministry leaders and and how they came to faith and then the call that's been on their lives. And the theme verse for my life uh, is from Psalms 37, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And wow. whenever I hear the stories of pastors and uh, others, you know, I think about the faithfulness of God, that God is working in our lives, and he brings us into unique situations at times, but his plans and purposes continue to work in our lives, and he is always faithful, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That he is. <laughs> well, let's let's yeah. talk about uh, where you were born, where you grew up, what your life was like. Uh, okay. uh, you're, you're new yeah. to Seattle, so I don't think you're from around here. No, I'm not. As, as they say in the South, I'm not from these parts. <laughs> but I'm, I'm quickly learning to, 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 be, to, to, to become adjusted and to, to life in Seattle um, with – with forgiveness, I, I have to confess, I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> okay. Actually, I was born uh, and raised in New York, um, in New York City, and um, raised in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley, Catskill region. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you New York City, uh, born, my son lives in Queens oh, now, okay. so uh, okay. I've, I've been out there. Yeah. I think New York, in my mind, is a great, great place to be from. <laughs> yes, from <laughs> from <laughs> That's right. is the operative word. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. I'd want to live in the city these days, no. but uh, yeah. you know. So, um, so growing up in upstate New York, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. what yeah. was what was your family life like? What was your uh, spiritual formation like then well, in those days? It, traditional two parent family of brother or sister. Um, my uh, mom worked from home. She. Love children. Uh, that was her ministry, and so throughout our childhood, we grew up with foster brothers and sisters. About twenty of them. Oh my! Not at the same time, of right. course, at different times. Um, wonderful time. The the of course, you know, a typical traditional uh, middle class family. The only caveat, the only regret I have to my childhood experience is that we did not have an affiliation, association with church, with Christ, until 
many years. Um, in fact, until I was 15 is when I came to faith. But prior to that, um, we did not attend. We weren't people of faith, although my mother um, uh, grew up in church. Okay. And my father did as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when you talk about over the course of your childhood having 20 yeah. uh, foster kids, yeah. that that desire to do that came out of a heart of some sort of compassion on your mom's point of view. It did. To, to do that. So there was something yeah. within her that had yeah. that desire. Yeah, yeah, there was. There was. And yeah. in, in fact, I, I think it may have even been her parents. Um, my grandfather um, kept older adults in his home as a care worker. Um, we had My grandfather had a separate home that he kept them in. And my grandmother um, did as well. She had she had children that she kept. So I think this just this heart for others um, was sort of born in her, and it translated when she eventually came back to faith. Um, she became very involved in youth ministries, and um, it, you know took us along with her. Um, but that's, I'm sure, the next part of the story. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let's just let's expand a little bit about growing yeah. up uh, with with kid, kids, if you will, coming into your family yeah. that may have gone, come from very different backgrounds mm-hmm. and with different uh, issues in their lives. What yeah. was that like, as far as your your family is concerned? How did you deal with that? Uh, was it hard? Was it uh, talk to talk to me about that? It, it it wasn't too bad. Obviously, you know, we had to get used to transition, to adjustment, um, to sharing. Um, I, I think the most difficult part um, was when they eventually had to transition or leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, t- two of the young men that came to our family were around our age, uh, James and Larry, and my mother kept them for four years. And so, you know, in, in childhood age, I mean, that's, you know, a good portion of our childhood. And after a while, you know, we dropped the foster and they just came to be our brother and sister, mm-hmm. our brothers. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little tough um, uh, having some of the children who came into our home for an extended period of time and then having to, you know, come to the realization that this is not going to be a permanent situation and they'll eventually have to leave. So it, it, it was it was in a period of adjustment for us. But um, after coming to faith, you know, we all realized that this is a ministry and it, it's we. My mother wanted to provide a, a safe, um, conducive environment, a healthy environment where children can thrive and grow, um, and and become a better person um, for life. So, you know, we we adjusted. Um, we loved it while they were there, and of course, we um, grieved when they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. What began to happen in your life uh, through your as you're getting closer to age 15 that yeah. you began to sense that there needed to be more in your own personal walk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, teenagers go through that typical challenging time of figuring out who they are and where they belong. And, and of course, I went through that as well and experimented in unhealthy habits and 
you know, smoking and carrying on and, and things that are legal now. But <laughs> back, <laughs> back, back then, then you got no. <laughs> they yeah. They weren't legal. But, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how I fit in the world, right? Um, I met a young lady at, at school um, I was attracted to. And, of course, back then, you know, when we call themselves ourselves trying to talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm calling myself trying to talk to her. And while I'm trying to, 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 as we call it back in the day, get my rap on, right, she's witnessing to me, right? She's trying to tell me about God. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if there's anything that can mess up a good, you know, a good rap, that, that's it, man. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, you know, I say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to let her scare me off with that. I, 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 I want to play along with this. I, I, and so I said, well, you know, no, I don't go to church, but where do you go, you know? And we started conversing and, and having a conversation, and she said, well, I go to this church in Kingston, and she mentioned the name of my denomination, it was, uh-huh. you know, Adventist. And, you know, I had attended my grandmother's church as a child. We would visit, so I knew the name. Right. I didn't know much about what they believed or practiced, or I didn't know anything about the Lord. And and so when she mentioned the name, I said, yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> and then she said, well, when's the last time you've been to church? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, she mentioned on the Sabbath. You know, I said, right. I said what's a Sabbath? I, said, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, apparently you, it had been a while. It had been, been a while. It had been a while. <laughs> if you didn't know what the Sabbath was, yeah, didn't that's know a problem. I, no idea. So <laughs> I go home, tell my mother about it. She and And, you know, unbeknownst to me. The Lord had been working on her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for her to adopt children, she had already had her license as a foster care parent. Um, she needed to get a reference. And one of the references needed to be from, or it didn't have to be, but it could be from a person of faith. She reached out to her former local associate pastor at the church she grew up in. He's 90 years old at this time, but he's faithful. He's, you know, still got a pep in his step. He's all his wits about him. And he told her, and this is, I didn't know this until much later. He said he would be glad to serve as a reference for her to be able to, you know, secure her license to adopt children. But he told, he gave her this caveat. If even if you don't come back to church, at least begin bringing your children. Hmm. And it was a week, less than a week afterwards that I asked my mother. And, of course, I had ulterior motives, of right? Of course. It's I'm, a good-looking girl. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm, <laughs> I'm going after. And so, <laughs> and so she said, you know what? Let's do it. And we did. We went um, and, you know, had a wonderful time. And although, you know, my, you know, primary motives weren't, 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 weren't right, the Lord used that, mm-hmm. right? He used that, and and uh, you know, I never ex- experienced worship before. Being able to to hear about Christ and what He has done, and His plan for my life, um, there's you know, after a while, I forgot about the reason I came, right, and became more and more attracted to the loveliness and beauty of Christ. Mm. And at 15 years of age, um, I think we have been going now for about a year, um, we eventually gave our hearts to Christ, myself, my sister, my brother, my mother. We committed her life back to Christ. 
and um, we joined the church, was baptized, and like I said, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, uh, well, obviously your mom saw that. How, what was your dad thinking at the time? He he wasn't really feeling it. You know, right. I don't know what it is about, you know. Men. The men. It can be tough. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough for him, you know. And um, interestingly enough, a few years later, uh, he came down to the point um, where he retired. But prior to, re- to retiring from the U.S. Postal Service, he contracted cancer. Mm. And it was incurable. Um, it was terminal. And three years later, um, in my first during my first year of seminary training uh, in, in college, I came back, and I, I don't know if families out there have ever had a, a, a non-believer, a person not of faith in the home, and how you don't want to be pushy, right? Right. But you want to be strategic in your sharing and. And so we would, you know, lay tracks and materials around the house, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, hoping he would pick something up. And he did. Mm-hmm. He did eventually and read a few articles and became interested and curious about religion. And one thing led to another. Uh, he ended up um, t- taking Bible studies mm-hmm. and eventually was baptized. My first baptism as, as a pastor was to baptize my stepfather. Oh, wow. I came home from school um, one semester, one summer, and at this time he was very sickly. In fact, he couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair. Hmm. We, we had to bring the wheelchair up to the mm-hmm. baptistry pool, and myself along with, with the pastor at the time had a chance to, to baptize him. So now, that was a wonderful experience. Oh, absolutely. So, no, he didn't come to faith with us at mm-hmm. the time at mm-hmm. when we were— uh, at 15, but he did come later on. So we're thankful for that. Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, and with me today is Pastor Derek uh, Lane. He's the pastor at Maranatha and Lighthouse Churches here in the Seattle area. So you receive Christ at 15, come to faith. What's the transition then of actually sensing a call to go to seminary to to become a pastor? Well, it, it began with the young people in the church that I joined, right? You know, up until this time, it was not cool to be a goody two-shoes, to do the right thing. You know, all of the kids I knew were hanging out, you know, listless, no purpose, doing whatever. And to be able to come to church and to see young people my age, right, who are not ashamed of their faith, mm-hmm. not afraid to talk about Christ, not afraid to, to share, um, not afraid to have a purpose in life. That was attractive to me. And, and I realized at that time, I said, man, I, you know, I had just missed the first 15 years of my life without Christ, without God in my life. And these young people have a 15-year head start on me. And so, so my call to Christ was also my call to ministry. The local um, associate pastor that brought us to faith, I just loved studying the word and, 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 and hearing about it. And, and to be able, I wanted to be able to do that 
um, myself, for others. And, and so I couldn't think of anything else in, in terms of ministry than sharing the Word of God, sharing hope um, for a better tomorrow, what Christ can do, the change he can make in your life. I wanted to do that for myself. So I, I often share with people that my call to Christ was synonymous with my call to ministry. Hmm. And um, I, we haven't looked back since. Um, I've been trying to make up those first 15 years. I don't think know that I have. <laughs> well, the, the reality there. is the Lord redeems those yeah. things in our lives, doesn't yes. he? Yes, you he know, does. And, and, yeah. and uh, his plans and purposes will continue, as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that even in those first 15 years, God was still yeah. faithful he in was. reaching out yes, to you. Was. Even in your mom's, even in your mother's um, uh, situation where, yeah. you know, she wasn't, totally living for the Lord, yet mm-hmm. she was still birthing in you this yes. care for others and, yeah. and this uh, you know this love for others that mm-hmm. obviously had a huge impact on your life. It did. It did. It did. In, in fact, the, the next 15 years um, of study and ministry was connected to children, right, in youth ministry. Hmm. And I have her to thank for that, for laying that foundation, right? Um, wonderful experience, having a, a chance to work with homeless youth, um, foster children, um, helping minister and, and work with them, working at a mental health facility over the years, um, runaway children. So it, it's it's been a blessing in a lot of ways. Um, the Lord used that situation and used the passion and gift that he instilled in my own mother um, to be able to, in turn, you know, help a next generation coming along. So you transition. You live down south in uh, in Alabama area, yes, and yes. near Huntsville. And yeah. uh, your call then to come to Seattle. And what's the Lord done uh, with with you in these last eighteen months as as you transitioned? To God's country up here in the Northwest. Yes, yeah, I, God's country. I love the way you put that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was quite an experience. So uh, after graduating from high school, I went to seminary in the South um, at a small Christian college in Huntsville called Oakwood University and stayed there for a while um, in the area, um, married for the first time. Um, engaged in ministry, um, participated in planting a few churches, um, stayed in the South for most of my career, in fact, all of my career. Mm -hmm. And my first introduction, though, however, to ministry was actually here. I was still in school at the time, and I was taking, I was doing an internship at a church here in Seattle was here for about four months, and it was toward the end of my seminary training, and I thought there would have been an opportunity to come back and work full-time, but it didn't happen. Mm. Um, uh, someone else was chosen mm-hmm. to, to fill a slot, and I eventually uh, went back to Huntsville. But a few, a, a few years later, I was extended an opportunity to work in the South, in Mississippi, and Alabama and Georgia. But eventually, um, 30 years later, I ended up uh, getting a call 
to come to serve a church here in Seattle. And uh, the Lord opened it up, and I've been here for the past 18 months. Wow. Yeah, and been enjoying it, been enjoying it. Well, again, you're listening to Heart of the City, and uh, we're we're speaking with uh, Pastor Derek Lane. And uh, so tell me about uh, Maranatha and Lighthouse Churches. What uh, what happens on a on a Sabbath day on a because you're Adventist you yeah, you meet yeah. on Saturdays we do yeah we yeah. meet on Saturday yeah um, now because of, of course because of COVID you know we 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 don't have our church open yet we have what we call at Maranatha a hybrid service so all of our churches are streamlined um, we don't meet at all at Lighthouse Lighthouse is 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 a church. Um, in the Northgate area mm-hmm. of Seattle, and it's predominantly a Kenyan church, um, Maranatha. Um, in fact, I've been to that church. Oh, really? The, the, the Kenyan. It's it's uh, is it up towards 145th? Up yes, in the, it yes, is. Yeah, yeah. yes. I've been to that kind con- of okay. di- dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my! You know you're in church. We have wonderful congregation. <laughs> love, love my saints. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 and. It, now, in Maranatha, um, uh, it's the smaller of the two churches, but they, are, they, they have a history of community service. They have a free law clinic, um, AA meetings every week. In fact, now during COVID, we're doing a weekly emergency food box giveaway. Um, they, they, they love doing ministry and service, mm-hmm. and it's just a good match because that's the kind of work I come out of anyway. But... Um, yeah, um, Maranatha and Lighthouse. They they love God. They love serving people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you've been uh, with them for about eighteen months. Yeah, still on my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> they still love you. That's right. They still love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the Lord impressing on you? We've got about uh, two minutes, three minutes left. Uh, as far as the message that you're sharing, sure. uh, right now. Well, you know, um, my ministry is primarily motivated uh, by the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14, where, where Jesus not only models for us the kind of ministry he wants us to engage in, um, but you, you see the, the, the steps right there in, in the story. And, and, and my heart is for the city, right, for people who do not know the Lord, the pardon of their sins. It's for the church. Um, to be able to come alongside and, and show believers how to engage, how to be relational. And I think if, if COVID has taught us anything, right, that, that ministry and church and service is not about liturgy and programs, right, and the things we, we, we thought we couldn't live without, the building, right? It's about people. It's about relationships. It's about, you know, serving the emotional spiritual material needs of others and these kinds of things can be done without a building right and and so this is where my passion is now and 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 this to me is what church is about this is what service is about and 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 i think that this is a wonderful opportunity this season to be able not only to come alongside and minister those who are hurting and grieving um to, to show and be the hands and feet of Christ. And so we're looking forward to, to, to ministry in the days, weeks, and months to come. 
Well, I, we'd love to have a additional conversation uh, with uh, Derek Lane, pastor of Maranatha and Lighthouse Churches here in Seattle. If someone wants to reach out and, and get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Sure, yeah. Um, they can contact me by email. My email address is Derek L. Lane, that's D E R E K. L-L-A-N-E at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be happy to connect. Uh, and we're on Facebook as well, uh, LinkedIn, most social media platforms. So reach yeah. out. Happy to connect. Well, Derek, I want to thank you for joining me today for Heart of the City. If you have, uh, want to hear a podcast of this interview or any of the other interviews that uh, I do for Heart of the City, you can go to thewordseattle.com. Click on the local programs link, and when you do that, you'll see my smiling face there. And uh, the podcast page is right there of all of the interviews that I've done with Heart of the City over the last few years. And uh, Derek, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chuck. God bless. Appreciate it. been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word call Chuck Olmstead 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com. 